Hello, welcome back to the Matt Graham Podcast. Today we're doing a solo dolo episode. It is episode nine, and I was thinking today we should answer a couple questions. I put out an Instagram story asking, hey, if you have any topics that you would like me to discuss, if you have any suggestions of uh, things that you want answered, then I am happy to answer them in an episode of the Matt Graham Podcast. The name, by the way, I'm deciding more and more that I want to change, and I mentioned it in the very first episode of the podcast that the name was subject to change, and I think that it is going to change because we want this to grow into a nice big podcast, not just something that I do every few weeks or every few months. We're going to make it an actual thing, I promise, Um, but you know, the short-form content grind takes priority because, well, it's just the way it is right now, but it's not going to be the way that that it is. In any event, let's dive into these questions. And the first one today is going to be the following. I would like you to discuss what career in life you think is best, which is something I've been thinking about. Especially now, we constantly see things about crypto, trading, etc. being bombed at first sight when you open a social media platform. But are other jobs that do require service, duty, and time investment somehow less worthy, which I don't believe? This person is saying they don't believe it. We people want to be free and have freedom, but how can we actually achieve this freedom? This includes financially, emotionally, spiritually. I think lots of people are choosing for the same careers. Oh, uh, people are choosing the same careers and it's going really fast. Whereas in construction, healthcare, and other specialties in life, lots of people are required but don't do it and come forward for many reasons, including the quote-unquote escape the matrix concept. This isn't the best worded question I've ever read, but I get the gist of it. You're asking, what's the right career path in this day and age when so many people are flocking to these, you know, trendy business models like drop shipping and crypto and Amazon FBA and Forex trading and SMMA and what's the right thing for me to do and is there any validity to these jobs in the world such as the trades? Uh, you know, the medical space, construction, all these, all these different things that really hold society up. And so the first thing I would say is absolutely there is validity to these things. I think that the, I think one of the more damaging things that Andrew Tate has presented to the world is the concept of escaping the matrix. And the reality is, yes, there is a, it, this can be misinterpreted, right? So when you talk about escaping the matrix, there are many different facets to it. And I think he'll even say this himself, that there are, there is, you know, physical aspects to escaping the matrix. You have to be in great physical shape. You have to, uh, free, you have to resist the slave mind, as he would say, you have to free yourself mentally from the matrix. Um, and then you have to obviously financially free yourself from the matrix. Now, with all that being said, I don't think that a lot of people focus on the first two and they only focus on the third one where escaping the matrix essentially means just making enough money to where you don't have to follow any rules. And the problem with that is you have all these people joining Hustlers University or the real world expecting to be a crypto millionaire by Saturday when in reality, the only the top 0.00001% of people that, that go down that road are actually going to achieve the levels of wealth necessary to escape the matrix. So I think that it is a, a bit misleading uh, to, to, to assume that or to, 
I guess, present the idea that everyone can escape the matrix in, in, in a financial sense. I don't think it's reality. I don't think we can have 8 billion business owners. I don't think we can have 8 billion drop shippers or 8 billion crypto millionaires. Like that's not the way it works. If we don't have fundamental pillars, uh, uh, foundational jobs being taken up in society, then society collapses. Like there's, if the, as Andrew Tate has once said, somebody needs to flip the burgers, dumbass, right? Like you need people and that's not denigrating, right? These are the most noble jobs in the world. These are, these are the most important jobs in the world. Crypto billionaires and drop shippers and Amazon FBA guys cannot exist without the plumber. They cannot exist without the electrician. They cannot exist without the doctor. These are the most important jobs in the world and it is a shame. It's an absolute shame that they have been so denigrated within society. They have been completely overlooked. They don't get celebrated enough. They don't get paid enough. These are the jobs that uphold society. Everything falls apart if we don't have farmers and tradesmen and, and police officers and doctors. We need these people more than we need the crypto millionaires. It's just a fact. So if you think that you are somehow doing yourself a disservice by going into these positions and, and, and serving society through these roles, you are not doing yourself a disservice. It is the people in charge that decide what those people get paid that are doing a disservice to society. Because the people that make sure the lights are on should be getting paid more than NBA players. It's just the way it is. Because they provide more value to society than NBA players who play a game for a living. So it's a shame that, you know, the construction worker who goes to work you know, six, seven days a week, busting his ass, risking his life. You know, the people that build skyscrapers, these, these are dangerous jobs. You don't see LeBron James risking his life. You see him bitching on a podcast about how, you know, his hotel room in the Orlando bubble was not up to par and that he had, he had mental, a mental disturbance from the quality of his life in the NBA bubble, getting paid millions of dollars to play a game at a Disney resort. But I digress. So I don't want to villainize any of these things, except maybe LeBron James. I don't want to villainize any of these jobs, whether you are pursuing crypto or Amazon FBA or drop shipping or any one of these jobs, or you're trying to pursue you know, being a doctor or being a plumber. They all have value, right? It's, it's, it's obviously better to do something that you enjoy doing. It's better to be working for yourself. It's better to like just quality of life. It's better to be doing those things. But to be totally honest to the, to the 18 year old listening to this, to the 18 year old watching this, the reality is if you go into a trade, I worked in the HVAC industry prior to what I do now. Right. So I was, I was, um, what's the word I was marketing for HVAC companies. So we had several clients all throughout the US. They were HVAC plumbing, electric, uh, electricity sort of companies. Um, and so I was in the industry and I know what the situation is like in that industry. I know how strapped they are for uh, employees, how, how willing and able they are to hire people. They have far more work than they do people. And so I see these companies 
starting pay like 80 grand with like $10,000 signing bonuses. What, what 18 year old wouldn't want $80,000, but no, but no, I, I, I have to escape the matrix. I have to escape the matrix. So I spend my money on a bullshit course that an influencer sold me. And then I go make $6 a week on a Shopify store. I am escaping the matrix. Who's really escaping the matrix? Who's really contributing to society? Who's really living a positive life? Who's really self-sufficient? Is it the tradesman that is fixing pipes and, and installing air conditioners for $80,000 a year at 18 years old and he has $250,000 saved up by the time he's 25? Or is it the, the crypto guy buying Dogecoin at six cents a pop or whatever it is hoping that he can make an extra four bucks. Who's winning? Who's really winning? So I don't know how much this answers the original question that I was asked, but what I will say is that regardless of what you do, just make sure you're providing value to other people, right? Because what I see so often with the people, and look, I'm not a business guy. I'm not Mr make a million dollars. That's not what I do. I don't teach people how to build businesses. I don't teach people how to make money online, but I'm offering you my perspective because you asked the question. What I see so often are these guys that go on the internet and they start asking guys like me, Hey, how can I make money? How can I extract value from the world? How can the world give me things? But the reality is, If you want value added to your life, if you want value in in the form of money, in the form of respect, in the form of positive relationships, in the form of networking, in the form of uh, views and whatever, right? If you want value added to your life, the only way for that to happen is to give value. There's this saying that goes around, I'm not sure if you've heard it before, but it is the more you give, the more you get, right? We've all heard that saying. There are all these cliches that we hear that our grandparents have been saying for years and years and years and we're like, okay, grandpa. Like they're true, they're true. The cliches are the cliches for a reason. So what I would suggest doing is taking some of grandpa's advice and if you want to get, you have to give. So rather than looking at the world and saying, how can I make a million dollars? How can I get a million followers? How can I extract value from other people? Instead, ask what value can I add to the world? What value can I provide to other people? If you ask that question, I think you're going to start to get some better answers. And I think if you follow those answers and you implement those answers into your life, then you're going to start seeing a lot more results than you will if you just ask the world, what are you going to give me for existing? You don't, you aren't owed anything. Why should anybody give you value? Why should anybody give you money? What skills do you possess? What do you have to offer? If the answer is nothing, stop asking the question. Figure out what you can offer. If you don't have anything to offer, that's a problem.
you're probably not going to get much in return. So figure out what skills you possess or figure out how you can start acquiring skills, how you can start acquiring knowledge, how you can start acquiring experience and then sell that experience, sell that knowledge, sell that information in exchange for money. And when you're young, when you're 18, the best thing you have to offer, honestly, is manual labor, your hands. You should go do something for somebody because you're willing and able to do it in exchange for skills, information, learning, so on and so forth, right? If there's somebody that you respect that you want to learn from, be the dude that does all the shit that they don't want to do. Go get their coffee for them. And in exchange, just soak up information. That's an idea. When I was starting this, uh, this content endeavor, I didn't sit there asking myself, how can I get 800,000 followers in a year? That, was a, that would be a dumb question to ask. It'd be a very dumb question to ask. How can I get 800,000 followers in a year? If I was asking that question, I probably wouldn't have 800,000 followers. In fact, 14 years ago, when I started making content, I was asking myself those questions. How can I, make, how can I get the most amount of views possible? How can I get the most amount of followers possible? And you know how many followers I got? Zero. Well, that's not true. I got like 1,000 over the course of 13 years. Then on the 14th year, I started asking different questions. I started asking what problems can I identify in the world and what skills do I possess that could help solve them? So in 2020, when the world basically fell apart, I sat back and I watched and I observed and I looked at the world and I said, hey, these are some pretty big problems that are going on. I wonder if there's anything I can do to fix it. And so I observed my life, I observed my assets, I observed what my skills are, and they were almost a decade of video experience, almost a decade of talking on camera, uh, years of social media marketing experience, and all of the resources to put out content, and the 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 experience of having transformed myself from uh, uh, amorphous, emasculated blob of a human being that I think the average 18 to 24 year old is currently to the guy that I am today. That, that information, that experience, that knowledge, everything that I learned throughout that process, that's what I had. That's what I could offer the world. And so I did a little thinking, did a little math. I was like, all right, well, I have these things the world kind of has these problems. I wonder if there's something I can do to solve it. So you know what I did? I started making content. It's just one plus one equals two. I know how to make content. I, know, I have things to talk about. If I make content about these things that I know how to talk about, it can probably help in, in solving this problem. And you know what happened? I got 800,000 800, followers inside of a year. That's not a flex. It's just what happened because I was focused on solving a problem. I was focused on providing value to the world. And I will continue to remain focused on providing value to the world. Why? Because that has given me the most value. 
And I genuinely care about solving the problem. I hate seeing young guys be stuck in this mental prison cell that society puts them in. So I actually care about solving that problem, which is why I started in the first place. It had nothing to do with getting followers. I never would have thought that I had, I'd be in the position that I'm currently in now, ever, ever. At least not within the time frame. maybe at some point down the road, but certainly not right now. And I think the sole reason for why it happened as fast as it did is because I wasn't focused on it. I didn't care how many views I got. I didn't care how many followers I got. Sure, I was aware of the numbers, but it wasn't my driving factor. My driving factor was providing value to my audience. And so to put a bow on it, to wrap it all up, I would say whatever career you are thinking about uh, pursuing in your life, what you should be focused on beyond making money is providing value. That's really it. Just focus on providing value and learning skills that are valuable. And what do I mean by that too, right? Like people ask me, what skills should I develop? You should develop the type of skills that are, that are valuable in any economy, at least most economies, because the economy we currently live in is not going to be the economy we live in forever. It's just like if you were born in 1920 and the only thing you learned how to do your entire life was to print newspapers. Well, somewhere along the lines, you became obsolete because newspapers went out a while ago. So you probably should have learned a different skill. If your skill was writing, that's a different story because we went from writing on newspapers to writing online. Now you still have a job. If your, if your only, if your only skill is, uh, creating TikToks, well, that's probably not going to be very valuable if TikTok shuts down tomorrow. If your only skill that you know how to do is Amazon FBA and Amazon decides to stop doing the, the fulfilled by Amazon program, well, you're fucked, bro. But if you learn general sales, general commerce, general marketing, well, now you got something. So I would say sales, marketing, even creating content, uh, but really sales and marketing, because honestly, content could go out tomorrow too. You know, you never know what's going to happen. What happens if the internet shuts down tomorrow? What happens, what happens if a foreign country launches an EMP over the United States? What happens? That's an extreme scenario that I think is not super likely. But what happens? What skills do you possess at that point? I'm not, and I'm not saying you have to think about it that extreme, right? That's, that's kind of a very extreme example. And I think everyone's kind of fucked in that scenario, but you under, you're, you're getting the gist, right? You can't just pigeonhole yourself into one period in time with your skills. You have to learn multiple skills. Like for me, I learned photography. I learned videography. I learned marketing. I learned some sales. I'm not the best salesman in the world, but I learned enough to sell some things. Um, I learned boxing. I learned um, fitness. I learned 
enough skills that like, if one thing that I currently do decided to fall off tomorrow, decided to completely not exist anymore, to disappear into the ether, then I got other stuff that I can figure out. So when you are trying to figure out what skills you should develop, I would think about that. I would take that into consideration. Obviously, what skills are going to be the most valuable is something that you, can, you should consider. But also, if the current medium that these skills are being applied to decided to go obsolete, could I still apply these skills to something else? That's kind of the overarching um, meta point here. So I will say that. Next, I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump into this next question. It is uh, uh, roughly on the same concept uh, that the last question did. It wasn't as career focused, but I guess I'll just read it instead of talking about it. Your view on the young generation and how society slash government are manipulating and brainwashing us to be a money-making machine for the elites. You might have touched on this before, but to add to that, what solutions can you see, either education reform or complete overhaul on what you consume? That's a great question, and that could probably be a podcast in and of itself, but I will answer this question to the best of my ability at 12, 11 a.m. on a Saturday morning. My view on the young generation and how society government are manipulating and brainwashing us to being a money-making machine for the elites. Yeah, well, that's definitely happening. What I think a lot of people have to understand is that there are certain people in society that only care about gaining absolute power over the populace. They want their bloodline, their family, their friends, their buddies to be the only ones that live the ideal life and for everyone. And they don't really care about everyone else. If some people live in, I, I can't imagine they're like these diabolical evil people where they're like, everyone must have horrible lives and we must be the only ones that enjoy our lives. I think it's more like they want to make sure they have the best lives for them and their friends and their family. And then they don't really care what happens to everyone else. So they're just going to do whatever they can to facilitate the best possible quality of life for the people around them and just fuck everyone else. Um, I don't think they, I don't think they have the intention to, to specifically make our lives as horrible as possible, but I do think part of facilitating the best quality of life for them and their friends and their family is to lower the quality of life for the rest of us. So this is where you hear about like, you know, we, we're going to live in the pods and eat the bugs and, and, you know, people saying these things, you're going to own nothing and be happy. I don't think that is from a diabolical place of we want to lower you down so you don't enjoy your life and we just want to make everyone else miserable. I think it's just like we want to retain the highest quality of life possible. And the only way to do that is to extract that opportunity from from the majority of the population. So yes, that's definitely happening. And what do we do about that? Well, I will quote... My good friend Andy Frisella on this one and say, personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion. So what does this mean? This means that they have a certain agenda where they want the populace to be as dependent as humanly possible. 
they want you to have to require whatever they're selling in order to facilitate your quality of life. Um, so they promote certain ideas throughout the media, throughout movies and Hollywood and, and culture, such as the body positivity movement, such as, uh, you know, feminism and all these other things. They promote these ideas because they are diametrically opposed to what makes human beings actually happy. Um, I believe that for the most part, um, people would be much happier if they reverted back to their, to, to their baseline instincts of traditional, traditional gender roles, men wanting to be masculine, men wanting to be strong, men wanting, wanting to be warriors, and not necessarily in the sense of like we have to go fight people and start wars, but just like providing and protecting and being, the, being that guy for, for, their, for their family and their friends, um, that masculine imperative. And, and women being, being feminine, you know, nurturing and taking care of a home, taking care of a family. Uh, I think, generally speaking, that's where most people would find themselves being the happiest if, they were, if we lived in a society that was conducive to, to those things. But the society we live in is not conducive to those, those things because we have, you know, we have an economy where it requires two people working. One person has to, I mean, both people have to be out of the home, but uh, you can't really have that, you know, dad goes to work and makes the money and mom stays home and, you know, that traditional family lifestyle. You can if you're in the top 1%, but, you know, outside of that, if you, if you, certainly if you don't make six figures a year, you can't facilitate that lifestyle. It's just not something you can do. Um, and and even, even that, you know, even... If you are in a position where you are making enough money, um, you still aren't to. You still don't have freedom. Like most people are living paycheck to paycheck. I forgot the exact figure, but um, the the vast majority of Americans, I think it's beyond fifty percent. I'd have to look it up. I don't have the statistic on me. They don't have five hundred dollars to cover an emergency expense. And I forget. I, I should have looked up the statistics before talking about this, but here I am. Um, and I think even less than that have, you know, $1,000 in their bank account. So we're just not living in a society that's conducive to, to traditional gender roles. And it doesn't help that certain things are being promoted in society to masculinize women and feminize men. You have to understand that, like, we are biologically speaking cavemen still. Despite the fact that our society has evolved as fast as it has, despite the fact that technology has evolved as quickly as it has, our bodies have not evolved that way. Our biological instincts, our biological nature has not changed from a thousand years ago. We still, biologically speaking, are the same people that our ancestors were. We still have those same survival instincts. We still have that desire to uphold those gender roles because it was required to survive. It was required. Our, our ancestors didn't have the choice to be a stay-at-home dad. It wasn't real. It just wasn't an option. And so it's not that it's, not that it's inherently a bad thing for a stay-at-home dad to exist, like morally speaking, it's not that it's immoral or wrong for a, for a stay-at-home dad to exist. 
But the reality is we're not, we're not bio, we don't have a biological predisposition to wanting to do those things because, because we are, there are reward systems in our body for conducting behavior that is conducive to survival in a, in a natural, in the natural world. And we don't live in the natural world. We live in a, we live in a civilized bubble contained inside the natural world. Like what we experience here in the United States and Western civilization is not reality. It is a, it is a, it is a fragile, is a fragile little bubble that we live in that if popped, things are going to go horribly because we are not, again, we are not living in a society that is, that, that is conducive to our natural desires, to our natural instincts. The natural world is a very dark place with many terrors, many uh, threats, and it's not pretty. And we don't have to experience that. Trust me, go over to some third world countries or go hang out with some tribe in Africa or some remote island and tell me how bad civilization is over here. It's not that bad. But you start to understand that uh, the more, the closer you get to that survival lifestyle, that natural lifestyle, the, the more are, the more you see the traditional gender roles play out. Why should the, why should the women and children go hunting in the natural world? They don't. The men do. Why? Because they're stronger. Why don't the men stay back with the children and raise them and nurture them? Why? Because the women are better at it. They have a natural predisposition to being nurturing. And that's why they are the physically weaker gender. That's why. It's like, it's like they go hand in hand. It's fun, kind of funny how that works. It's kind of funny how men and women like work together and it like kind of works, you know? Weird how that happens. So I'm getting off track, I think, but... How do we fight back against the elites that are trying to keep us down? Okay. Personal excellence, the ultimate rebellion. Uh, Yeah, you just have to be the most independent that you can possibly be. That's really what it boils down to. They want you to be as dependent as you possibly can be on them. And so the move to make is to be as independent from them as you possibly can. That's what freedom is. Freedom is not doing whatever you want. Hate to burst your bubble. Our, our founding fathers didn't fight for, the, for your right to smoke weed and play video games and masturbate. That's not, that's not what they fought for. Sorry, bro. That's not, what, that's, not what they, that's not what they laid down their lives for. They laid down their lives so that you could live your independent life being a virtuous, contributing member to your community. That's what it was for. So you could raise your kids how you wanted to raise them. So you could practice your religion freely without being murdered. That's what it was for. That's what all this is about. And the only way to exercise that freedom properly is to put the constraints on yourself because human beings are flawed creatures. We have biases. We have desires. We have impulses. We have all these things that that lead us to self-destruction because, again, we are flawed creatures. 
And if we follow those impulses, if we follow those desires, we become a slave to those desires. We become a slave to those impulses. Our life spirals into chaos. I know that because I experienced that. I experienced that lifestyle. That was me. I was an amalgamation of pleasure. I was overweight, hooked on smoking weed, addicted to playing video games, watched uh, Netflix and hours and hours and hours of YouTube, brain dead content, doing whatever I wanted. And I was absolutely miserable. I had never been more miserable in my life. I am the happiest every single day when I wake up and the first thing that I do is the thing that I want to do the least. That's what makes me the happiest. Short-term pleasure equals long-term pain. Short-term pain equals long-term pleasure. Remember that. If you indulge yourself in short-term pleasures of life, you are going to lead yourself down a road of misery. It's just the way it is. So you have to, you have to cultivate order in your own life. You have to govern your own behavior because if you can't govern your own behavior, something must govern it for you. Society can't move in a positive direction. Society can't function even if everyone is a slave to their desires. If everyone is controlled by whatever short-term impulse enters their brain. It's just the way it is. And so what has to compensate for the lack of self-governance within us? It is another governing body. This is the elites. This is the government. These are the people we're talking about. And so the only antidote to a society where somebody has control over you is to cultivate control over yourself. Why do you think I talk about self-improvement? Do you think I just want to be another motivation guru on the internet? Do you think I just want to fire people up? Do you think I care about how motivated you are? I don't even care about how motivated I am at all. I care about if I'm controlling my behavior, if I'm making the right decisions, if I'm taking action every single day. And I also care if you are. So it's not about self-improvement. It is about self-improvement, but that's not why I do it. I don't do self-improvement for the sake of doing self-improvement. I talk about self-improvement because I know that it's going to lead to a stable society, that if we're all able to govern our behavior and cultivate discipline and do what is right and avoid what is wrong, society will move in the direction we need it to. Self-improvement, self-restraint, self-discipline is the first step to freeing ourselves. It is the first step. There are many steps after that. You have to talk about education. You have to talk about restructuring the government. You have to talk about, you know, finding new leaders. You have to talk about punishing certain people, but that's later. That's not right now. What you need to focus on right now is cultivating the discipline to govern yourself. If you can cultivate the discipline to govern yourself and you can inspire someone else to do the same and that person inspires someone else to do the same, we will get out of this. We will get out of this. That is why I talk about self-improvement and not politics.
because self-improvement needs to become part of our culture before we can worry about politics because politics is downstream from culture. Culture needs to change first. This is a cultural problem. And it starts with personal excellence.